Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hi, Pharrell, with you back on uh, Coast to Coast. And, uh, you know, I just got, like, some disturbing news. Like, this hockey plan. I mean, honest to God, I was, like, ready to give him all these, uh, you know, heat praise on him and get all excited and everything. Carver High, you got to be kidding me that they're not going to even have training camp until July 1st. And so in the month of June, where are they going to pick their nose? I mean, why not just do that now? What are they waiting for? Another month? Uh, you got to be kidding me. Well, uh, look, I think that this was kind of going to line them up for when we thought they were going to start anyway. I mean, everybody kind of anticipated mid to late July. And he said July 1st at the earliest. So that's what they're hoping. That's best case scenario. You figure they need two weeks, maybe three of training camp. And you'd get like a July 21st-ish type of start. Uh, and then that, if you go by that, Scotty, that means that they're going to be playing hockey, these Stanley Cup playoffs, until probably mid-September, I would have to say, because they're playing a play-in round, a five-game play-in round with all you know these uh, eight series. And then the actual first round, which they said they're not sure yet if that'll be five or seven games. Um, this is, It's going to go for a while once we actually get going. I mean, uh, honestly, without a doubt, if they start in, let's say, and it sounds like they're going to have a, like a two-week training camp in July 1st. Minimum. So Minimum. they're going to start the third week of July, and that means they will play. It takes two months to play the Stanley Cup playoffs. So they're going to play the until mid- <laughs> what? Without the extra what? round, it takes two months. Without having yeah. that extra round. So, yeah, I think they're going to go till at least uh, late September. And then uh, when will they start the next season? Is that going to start in uh, December or January? He said today he intends to play a full 2020-2021 season. That, that his, his, his intention is still to play the entire 82-game schedule next season. I don't know when he plans on starting it, but, but he intends to play a whole year next year. Well, what he's going to do is, if he's going to do that, uh, according to him, then he's going to play every single game and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Then that season will also, I mean, there is no way they're playing a two-month Stanley Cup playoffs and then going to training camp and starting a season in October. They will start in December, it would appear to me, and they will play until August of next summer as well. They're going to have to do this for two years in a row. There is no way they're going to get done in April or May or June or July if they play an entire season next year and the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you know it, Carver High. I think it would be really tough on the players, but if you started the first week in December, I think that you could get it done by early May. And then go and get uh, – it'll be a tough schedule. There'd be a lot of three games and four nights. But you could get it done and maybe finish by mid to late July and kind of get yourself uh, on somewhat of a track to start the October after that. 
All right, so we'll get into more of this in a little while because uh, we have, like, the favorites and everything listed for who's uh, supposed to take it all or who to bet on in the Stanley Cup playoffs when they finally get started. So it sounds to me like they're going to start around uh, the third or, you know, fourth week of July, right around my birthday. So that'll be a perfect birthday present for me, Carver Hyde. Penguins win their sixth Stanley Cup. What a plan. Uh, here we go. Uh, McGregor, uh, if is it McGregor or Pacquiao that Mayweather would fight if he came back? First of all, explain to me, uh, Carver High, how he was in a strip club over the weekend. No masks, no nothing, just, you know, enveloped in women. I mean, they were all over him. And welcome to the radio side, all of our affiliates. Um, the guy's in a strip club all weekend, chicks all over him, no mask, no nothing. But you're telling me he's going to come back and fight again? He's going to fight McGregor or Pacquiao, please. I mean, who knows? Maybe. I mean, we look at all the pictures over the weekend of people partying at beaches and boardwalks and everything. Uh, it seems like in a lot of places, uh, the masks just uh, aren't in the mix. Uh, Floyd, I think, is he really going to fight again? That's the question. I don't care who he fights. The question is, is he actually going to do it? Uh, will he fight Pacquiao again? I, I don't know. Do you, now, the, now there's been a lot of time, Scotty. Now it's been a while since he's fought. You can't count that McGregor fight. Or you can or you can't. You take out the McGregor fight. When's the last time that he fought a real fighter? Does he want to go and get in a ring with Pacquiao after years of not fighting any actual competition? Well, Pacquiao's actually had six fights, and all of them somewhat, except the horn fight, legitimate. He won them all, and he got robbed on the horn fight in Australia. That was that fight was completely fixed. Uh, he won that fight without a doubt, and they gave it to Horn. That was a joke. So Pacquiao has looked fantastic after the Mayweather fight. Since the Mayweather fight, six fights, five and one, but he won all six, if you ask me. And I think he would be problematic for uh, Mayweather. I don't think Floyd Mayweather's that stupid to get into ring with him because he's already beat him, and then he cried about his shoulder. Too bad, you lose. He wasn't crying the night of the fight either. He wasn't crying leading up to the fight. He never said anything, hiding his injuries, allegedly, and then he said he, he lost because of his shoulder. So uh, I think he got his ass beat is what happened. I watched It was a terrible fight. But let me ask you this. Did you see Billy Joe Saunders call... Um, uh, Canelo Alvarez, a ginger bullocks. That is the greatest line of the year. I love oh, that. That is my favorite line. Ah, you ginger-haired bollocks, you are. You ginger-haired <laughs> bollocks. That's, a, that's what Saunders that doing, a little bit of that. I'd love to see Canelo get his bell rung by anybody. I don't know if this guy can do it, but uh, I'd love to see Canelo get taken down. Yeah, I don't think uh, Billy Joe Saunders can beat Canelo Alvarez, but Ooh. he sure beat him in the war of words. Ginger Bullocks, I love it. I mean, that is the more I see Bullocks uh, used. Uh, I was just watching uh, something the other day, and they it was uh, it was a Ricky Gervais special on Netflix, and uh, they were making fun of Bullocks and everything else. I can't get enough of some of their phrases. They're awesome. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man, we, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All 
All right, for all with you back on Coast to Coast. Uh, Mafia, we just heard that uh, the baseball, uh, you know, owners' proposal that they agreed on, the, the owners agreed on, on their proposal. Of course they did because they came up with it. And then they sent it off to the union, and the union hates it. Uh, the union is not happy at all with the uh, opinions of this uh, proposal, which are um, the highest paid players get pay cuts, and uh, they are uh, just not jiving with this plan. And, uh, you know, you heard in the break Carver High say they're not going to play baseball. Do you believe that their arguments are getting so heated and deep rooted, Moff, that they're going to uh, not play baseball? It's really starting to seem that way. I mean, just look at, like you said, every time these proposals come out lately, it's that the union's not happy with them. The only thing the union's apparently going to be happy with is if no matter how many games they play or how many few people that are watching the game, they get paid their full salary. It doesn't matter how much the sport loses. If it brings it to you know economic ruin, they just want to get theirs, and that's all there is to it. Once I saw this story about this you know, pay scale that the higher guys make less, that never works. It doesn't work with taxes. It doesn't work with anything. Why would it work with the highest paid players? Because the most vocal we've had so far this offseason against these plans have been Bryce Harper, has been Mike Trout, has been, you know, even Snell, who doesn't make nearly what they make. But all these guys that are making big money, you haven't heard the guys making the minimum being the ones to complain. It's been the guys that are the big money guys driving what's going on. So once you knew that those guys were going to take the big brunt of it, you knew they weren't going to like this. Well, I have to say that uh, it's inconceivable for me to understand in any capacity, Mafia, how can uh, baseball players expect when they play 80 games to make the full amount of money that they're supposed to make this year? I mean, what kind of world? uh, They must be on acid. I mean, what world are they living in that they think they deserve the full pay when they're only playing half the games? I don't care what their contracts said. Their contracts, I guarantee you, moving into the future, will now have stipulations in them about emergencies like this or pandemics where if the half the season is canceled, they're going to have something in a CBA about what they're going to earn because those things aren't in the contract now because if they were, we wouldn't be having this problem. They are not getting uh, the money that they want because they're not playing the amount of games and none of them have a contract that says they'd get paid the full amount if they lost half the games. So that's coming in the future for sure. So I don't see how they can expect now without that in the language, which they don't have, obviously, how can they expect to get the money? They're not going to get the money. And if they're not going to get the money, they're not going to agree to play. Then they're not going to play baseball. So you know what I say? Let's go NHL and NBA and screw them. And I mean, it is, it's getting to the point where, like, I, you know, I'm going to show you a graphic. Can I show you this graphic that Chipper Jones said here, Mafia? And then I want to get your opinion on this. This is Chipper Jones talking about 30 million people in America are out of work right now. They don't want to hear about millionaire baseball players, you know, being about, uh, they're, you know, going to get 25 or 30% of their salary this year. I thought Snell's comments could have been worked, uh, worded a little differently. He probably got a phone call from Tony Clark and or Manfred saying, hey, Let's temper what we say and maybe take a different narrative and make it less about money and more about people and people's health. Yeah, I agree with Chipper Jones, 100% Mafia. The problem is um, I don't believe that Manfred or Tony Clark have the stones to tell baseball players that are making $100 million uh, what to say to the media or to anyone for that matter. Baseball players don't listen to Rob Manfred. They don't listen to him. No, they don't, and that's why you're having all this problem. They're not listening to the owners, and the, you know they're not working with them. They just want what they want, and they're going to complain and not play, and they don't get it. And you know what? Things like that is why you know, even though I'm a lifelong Mets fan, that's why I've always had to respect guys like Chipper Jones because that guy always did it right. Like he's so down to earth, so respectable, such a just a cool dude. You know, the times that you've had him on, you know, your shows over the years, just has never been anything but an awesome guy even though he tore my mental apart time and time again. Because right there, he says it all. It's like, listen, you know, you got to realize what's going on around you. This isn't about you. This is about the world. Of course, there's nothing in the CBA about, you know, you not getting your full salary with this because this hasn't happened in 100 years. No one thought this would happen. So no one's prepared for this. But you know what? You know, everyone else in their regular 9-to-5 jobs didn't think they'd be taking pay cuts at 25% or 50% or getting fired because of this happening. So guess what? Everyone else is doing it. You got to do it too. Just because you're some millionaire athlete doesn't mean it doesn't affect you. Doesn't mean you're untouchable. So suck it up, deal with it. Because guess what? If you say 
you know, we're not playing unless we get our full money. Well, then the season's not happening. And then next year, if you do play, you're not going to have any fans. Even if they're allowed to show up at the stadium, they won't. Look at what happened in the strike in 94. It took till the steroid, you know, home run chase of McGuire and Sosa four or five years later to get the fans back and watching baseball. Yeah, listen, uh, I think these guys, uh, you know, I've always said, uh, and, and no one likes hearing it, and I mean it when I say it, I, I have never in my life dealt with more stupid people, it, it, seriously, it, than baseball players. Now, I know, and I've said this a, a million times, I know there's a few of them, fair enough. There's a, a portion of them that are very bright, very smart, very articulate, very well-educated. Fair enough. I got it. But I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, 85% of them are stupid asses. And they, what they have is they have people running their careers completely, 100% of it. They don't make decisions because they're idiots. So they have genius uh, businessmen and agents and lawyers and estate planners and insurance guys handle every decision they have to make because they're all a bunch of boneheads. And that's all there is to it. So listening to one of them complain about the world right now or the money is hilarious when people can't even feed their families. People have lost their jobs. Unemployment's never been this high since the Great Depression. People can't do anything. They can't get help from the government. They can't get help from anyone. They can't feed their families. They can't work. They can't pay their bills. They can't pay their mortgage. They can't do anything. And we're worried about what baseball players think. I mean, honest to God, uh, it's, it's almost hilarious to me. Like, I'm not listening to any baseball player give me advice about anything ever, let alone right now, Carver High. Look, it's a tough situation, and, like, I blame both sides. I really do. I think both sides are at fault. They should have had this stuff worked out already, and I'm giving them till Friday for me. That's why I drop dead, Scotty. I'm giving these guys till Friday. They're supposed to talk. Every day this week. And what I mean by I'm giving them, I want to hear some kind of positive progress on this money issue by Friday. If I don't hear it by Friday, I don't believe that they're going to play. They're supposed to talk every day this week. You know, they've got their uh, electronic meetings that they're going to be having. They had one today and it ended in in bad news is what it ended in. So now you got a couple more days. Can I get something like positive over the next few days to make me think that there's actually going to be baseball this summer? Please. I can't believe that they're going to screw this up. Can I show the graphic of the uh, most valuable of the 20s in the next 10 years? Here's a list of the players that are going to be the best in baseball. Trout, Acuna, Bellinger, Bregman. Excuse me. Oh, Bregman. Oh, sorry. 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 I just wanted to hocker on Alex Bregman. Uh, Francisco Lindor, Mookie Bats, Juan Soto, Gleyber Torres, uh, Ravio Devers, and... um, Mr. Franco, uh, I am not a fan of Alex Bregman, except that he fired Clutch Sports when they decided to do a documentary about the cheating Astros. Uh, I hope all the Astros rot in hell. Uh, Carver High, did I cover that? Uh, you know, in terms of circling the wagons on that one there? Did I get it? Because yeah. we're not allowed to spin anymore in baseball. But no one had ever said I couldn't lug on Alex Bregman's face. How's that sound? Yes, I think that you circled back and you gave him one right there. Uh, No question about that. I'm not the biggest Bregman fan either. A long way to go when you talk about who's going to be the most valuable guy in the next 10 years. You've even got guys on the list like Franco, who's in the Rays organization. Uh, You know, hasn't even really played. hasn't played yet. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Trout, we don't know, is the best. But he's got, you know, it's a long decade. He'll decline at some point. So uh, there you go. Like, do you believe that uh, Trout will... Uh, carry on for the rest of the decade and dominate baseball? Or do you think he's like more of five years? I I think five to dominate the level that he's done. Let's take the last five years and how much he's dominated it. I think that he could do that for another five years. Uh, Absolutely. At At the level that he has. Did they not have Harper on that list? Am I crazy? He's not on that list. Bryce Harper, was he not? No. That is unbelievable to me. He's clearly one of the best players in in baseball. Uh, you can't tell me now. I, honestly, I think Bryce Harper's a better player than Gleyber Torres. I mean, without a doubt. And, and I think he's going to dominate in Philadelphia more than Gleyber Torres is in New York. They're going to find out the hard way with their plans about Gleyber Torres. I think Gleyber's a really good player. I don't think he's uh, Bryce Harper. I'm sorry. And I think the kid Albies is just as good as Acuna in uh, Atlanta as well. We got a ton more to do on this edition of Coast to Coast. Go with us. All right. Thanks, Scotty Carver. High here with a sports grid update. 
Gary Bettman and the NHL announced their their starting plans for getting the season back going in July. The highlights, the regular season is now over, according to Bettman. All record books are closed, and the award winners can be selected. The playoffs will be held in two hub cities, one for the East, one for the West. There are 10 cities that are still under consideration for that. It will be announced at a later date. Bettman said the first-round matchups could still be set either using a bracket or reseeding. They are not sure yet. There are still going to be the play-in rounds, which are set in stone. But when they get to that first round, they don't know yet if they're going to do reseeding or bracket format. Formal training camps are going to be no earlier than July 1st. And the NHL draft lottery will be used to determine the top three picks. Fifteen teams can win those picks. The seven clubs that are not competing anymore and the eight teams that lose in the play-in round. Bettman is also committed to a full calendar for the 2021 NHL season. Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey says he will be at training camp even without a new deal. The Rams have been in contact with Ramsey's representatives in regard to a contract extension as the All-Pro corner enters the final season of his rookie deal. Ramsey is expected to command a record-breaking contract, and it's anticipated that he will have the upper hand because the Rams paid to acquire him all the 2020 and 2021 first-round picks at the trade deadline last year, including and a fourth-rounder that, that the Jacksonville Jaguars got from the Rams. Trailblazers star Damian Lillard says he won't compete in a restarted NBA season if Portland does not have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. Lillard said, we're adding a few games to finish the regular season, and they're throwing us out there for meaningless games, and we don't have a true opportunity to get into the playoffs. I'm going to be with my team because I'm part of the team, but I'm not going to be participating. I'm telling you that right now. The NBA and the Players Union have been negotiating plans for a resumption of the season, which has been suspended indefinitely since March 11th. A World Cup-style group play system has also been discussed. Teams are hoping the league will issue guidelines by June 1st. Major League Baseball and the Players Association began talking today on the economic side of things. USA Today reported that the plan including a uh, not the 50-50 revenue sharing split, but the proposal instead included a sliding scale of compensation guaranteeing players a percentage of their salary during different intervals, include larger share of the postseason money. Reports later today say that the players are not happy with that proposition. Clemson will allow football and men's and women's basketball players to resume on-campus voluntary workouts June 8th. Players can return to the area as soon as June 1st while adhering to social and physical distancing guidelines. All players must undergo a physical, including both COVID-19 and antibody tests. They must also complete a daily screen before entering the facilities. I'm Carver High with a Sports Grid update. Want the edge? Get on the grid. All right, uh, back on Coast to Coast on Pharrell. Radio affiliates everywhere are with us on top of that. So good to have you on uh, the horse with us uh, as we ride the rest of the race. Uh, I just wanted to mention uh, a piece uh, in Barrett Sports Media today. Uh, Tyler McComas wrote it. Uh, great feature on uh, your boy Pharrell. Uh, they did a, a piece on me, whatever, my career, la-di-da, et cetera, et cetera. It was pretty cool. Uh, Tyler uh, is a radio guy in Oklahoma, and I didn't know him. And uh, I got uh, on the phone with him uh, over the weekend and did this really cool, long interview uh, Q&A style about uh, everything that's happened and, and basically all my stops along the way and how I got here to Sports Grid and everything else. Uh, it's a really cool piece. Uh, and it was fun, and I appreciate Tyler a lot. He did a great job, and I appreciate Barrett Sports Media doing the story on me. Uh, my thanks to them. And if you want to check it out, just go on my uh, Twitter, at Pharrell on Grid, or at Scott Pharrell, and you can read that said article uh, by Tyler McComas. So thanks a lot, Tyler. Great job by you. Uh, and uh, here we go. Uh, back to business. Uh, Carver High Mafia joining me here, and I want to get into some football now. Uh, can we start with the uh, Troy Aikman graphic talking about the Dak Prescott deal? Uh, never in my life have I, uh, you know, remembered anything more painful than waiting for this guy's contract to drop. Honest to God, I mean, it is like I'd rather have an enema every day of the week uh, than to wait for this guy's contract that they don't have to sign until July. But here's uh, Aikman. 
and I love Dak. I love everything about him. I'm not saying anything the Cowboys don't already know. They'll pay him, and I think he's going to be the quarterback for the Cowboys for a long, long time. He did continue to have a great career. Well, thanks for that revelation, Troy. Uh, th- thanks so much for letting us know what we already knew. There's no one on the face of the earth, Mafia, that doesn't know that the Cowboys are in a pinch here. They're going to have to give this guy $35 million plus per year. He'll be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL for about five minutes, and it is what it is. And I don't believe anything I hear about f- the fifth year and how much money's at the end of the deal. All I know is is that that guy's getting his money come hell or high water. Whether it's two tags or a long-term deal by July 15, Dak Prescott's getting his money. It doesn't matter what Troy Aikman thinks. Yeah, and this is all just, you know, posturing, all the stuff back and forth, what they're offering, what he wants. It's just all, you know, to placate us and give us, you know, the information that we're asking for without actually giving us anything. You know, I don't care what they want, what he wants, what's going on between them, just get the deal done. You want him, he wants you, just get it done so we can stop talking about it over and over again about who's right, who's wrong. It's just ridiculous. It's wasting our time. All right, Carver, hi. Let me throw up the graphic of Kurt Warner talking about Joe Burrow. Apparently, Kurt sees a lot of uh, himself in Burrow. I actually had seen that a couple of times out there, people making the comparison. I kind of like it based on what I've seen, the accuracy, the ability to make the throw down the field. But uh, where he thrived was quick decisions, accuracy, decision-making. And that, to me, is exactly how I played the game. Of course, uh, Kurt Warner speaking of Joe Burrow. Carver, hi. Do you see uh, Kurt Warner in Joe Burrow based on you watching Joe Burrow for one season play football? Because, uh, you know, my guess is, I mean, I know you knew that he was at Ohio State, but you never saw the guy play football once in your life until he went to LSU. So now all of a sudden he's Kurt Warner. Yeah, listen, uh, Joe Burrow was not on the radar of the average college football fan, really, going into last season. He wasn't even close to the top of the boards for the Heisman picks uh, back last August and July when uh, everybody was trying to pick who was going to be the Heisman. Uh, Similarities, I mean, maybe with the accuracy and how he throws the ball, but here's where there's not a similarity, uh, obviously. Joe Burrow is the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. He's being counted on to save a franchise that has done absolutely nothing ever, ever, period. The Cincinnati Bengals, they've never done anything. Whereas Kurt Warner had the story of, you know, coming out of nowhere, bagging groceries, being on the scout team, showing up with the Rams when uh, Green got hurt, and he leads him to a Super Bowl. Storybook story for Kurt Warner. Just looking at their games, all right, sure, fine. Maybe there's a couple small similarities, but Burrow's got a lot of pressure on him starting his NFL career, whereas Kurt Warner did not. I think uh, Joe Burrow will, with that football team surrounding him, he'll be running for his life on Sundays. I mean, that kid is going to cable in his pants at what's going to happen to him because he is going to be running for his life. I won't deny that he'll show signs of talent and that he'll have his moments, but I guarantee you he will have more troubling moments and problematic moments than he will have success on that football field as sure as I'm sitting here. Devonta Freeman denies uh, his retirement and nobody cares. The NFL admits pass interference rule was a total disaster. That really was a joke, uh, that rule last year, that they would go look at the play again and never do anything about it. That was the most embarrassing waste of five minutes of every single football game, nonstop, all day, every day, every Sunday. All we saw was one play after the next being reviewed and nothing ever happening with the review was the biggest joke I think I've seen by officials and by the NFL League office that I can remember. Now, Mavi, I want to talk about the AFC North. I have a graphic here on some important questions about the division. Can A.J. Green stay on the field? Can Stefanski deliver in uh, his new job in Cleveland? And then Lamar Jackson, can he go to new heights? And how good can Big Ben be uh, coming off the elbow? Your answer to those questions, Mavi, A.J. Green, Stefanski in Cleveland, Lamar going to another level, and Big Ben back. Yeah, A.J. Green, the way he's been banged up the last couple of years, a great receiver, a great talent, has been one of the best receivers the last decade, but he just can't stay healthy the last couple of years. So I'm not going to put my money on him you know, playing a full season or maybe even more than eight, nine games. You know, I don't think he makes it more than a half season the way that he's shown us the last couple of years. Stefanski, I mean, that, that job just seems to be cursed. It doesn't matter who takes it. And here you're bringing another guy who had some success in Minnesota, but, you know, 
wasn't a coordinator for that long, maybe two years, and all of a sudden he's going to turn around this garbage fire that you've had. They made some nice movements on the offensive line to protect their quarterback more. But you have so many guys in there that just think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread and are going to voice it and that they deserve the ball every play. You know, you pretty much got two of them at running back, two of them at wide receiver, plus you just added, you know, a high-paid tight end. I don't know how this is going to work. You know, I think it's just too many cooks in stirring the pot here. There's going to be problems once again. Uh, Big Ben, he's getting older, but the guy's tough. I, I think he'll be good. I just don't know if he has the weapons that he used to have. You know, I think that now we're seeing as good as some of these guys like Brown were. You know, they still have good receivers. I don't know if he has great receivers or great talent around him anymore in the running back or wide receiver category, and that might hold him back even if he comes back fully healthy. And, uh, you know, that that's seemed, and Lamar Jackson can't take it to new heights. Why does he have to? The guy was the MVP. He doesn't have to be better. The rest of the guys have to get up to his level. That's what you need. I think Lamar Jackson will continue to get better uh, every season. I think he's a phenomenal athlete. And I also want to say that I don't believe uh, really any team in the league, maybe one or two teams has, you know, completely stacked and, uh, you know, superstar wide receivers. You know, I think a lot of teams have the same problem the Steelers have. A lot of teams like the Green Bay Packers have those problems. I think the Rams have those problems. I think, you know, some teams have multiple really good receivers. But superstar receivers, a bunch of them across the board on every team, it's not something that's happening in the NFL these days. All right, uh, Carver High, let me ask you. Um, you know, the anonymous... Uh, GM said that Cam Newton clearly in decline. Is there anything worse than a guy that won't put his name on something he says that's so troubling? Like, he says that he sucks, but he won't say his name in the interview. Why do the interview, you pee? Yeah, the anonymous sources is really tough to take, especially when you're talking about a guy who's obviously trying to come back. He's trying to get back into the league. Uh, I also read the guy said the anonymous GM, you know, I'm not saying that he can't do it, I'm just saying that the decline is evident. Well, what are you saying, dude? I mean, the guy's trying to get a job. There's really no point in putting that out there. But uh, these guys love doing that, right, Scotty? Put your name behind it, like you said. Why are you hiding? All right, so uh, can we put up the graphic of the NFL's top triplets, the quarterback, running back, and receivers? I have the uh, top triplets, uh, the top five. So you got Mahomes, Edwards, Hilaire, and Hill as number one. Then Breeze, Kamara, Thomas, two. Prescott, Elliott, Cooper, three. Wilson, Carson, Lockett, four. And Jackson, Ingram, Andrews, five. Do you like that list, Carver High? For me, if you want to go, uh, you know, putting all three together, I think that the Saints with Breeze, Kamara, and Thomas would be one. Now, Mahomes and, and Hill, unbelievable combo, but they've, they're putting in a rookie running back in the Chiefs. They've got a couple of other parts. Here's what really matters. Uh, they won the Super Bowl. So they've showed that you could do it with anybody. Damian Williams sitting in the backfield last year, and they won the whole thing. So, And then the Prescott, Elliott, Cooper one, that one's pretty strong too. But they got to go and win something also, Scotty. Yeah, no doubt. Let me ask you, what did you think of Ron Rivera's comments about Alex Smith? I actually agree with him. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't understand how this guy uh, can play football again. I understand that he wants to, but how can he? You watch that documentary. You see what this guy has been through. Uh, the risk that he would take to go back on an NFL field. Uh, man, I just hope he doesn't do it for his sake, Scott, because I don't want to see him get hurt again. I don't believe that guy can take a shot to that leg any more than I believe I could be the starting quarterback of the Steelers in the fall. I mean, he cannot. There is no way that guy can take a shot. Do you believe Demarcus Lawrence is going to put up double-digit sacks in Dallas like everybody's projecting? Yes, I do. I think that Lawrence will have a big year. Wow. So uh, you think he's just going to dominate? And then uh, do you think that football team is going to be – uh, better than advertised because I know we, they spend all their money on three players. What about the rest of the team? I think that the Cowboys will win the NFC East this year. There you go, Scotty. Run to FanDuel and bet the future now. Cowboys win the NFC East. Wow. Listen to this. Uh, coming up, we'll talk more about the NHL's announcement today. And uh, we're going to talk about the odds for who's going to take the Stanley Cup. Uh, championship when it's all said and done. It's Coast to Coast with Carver High and Mafia. Sports Group. 
BetOnTheGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. For all of you on Coast to Coast, on Sports Grid, and on uh, national radio, our affiliates are with us. Uh, good to have you with us. So anyway, the situation is uh, the NHL is allowing like six players at a time right now to do workouts in their facilities, which I think is um, – pretty much a joke. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I get it. I understand with the uh, pandemic, how they're dealing with it and how they're, you know, slowly adapting and bringing guys in six at a time to train. Uh, Carver, I I just don't see how that works for me. I I really don't. Honest to God, just if you're going to have a 2014 Stanley Cup playoffs, and you're going to start and you're going to have an, a, a training camp July 1st that's going to take two weeks is what they're saying. Why not just do that in June and bring them all in and start doing it and start the tournament July 1st? They're talking about starting like the third week of July. They're going to be done in the middle of September. We talked about this earlier on the show. These six-player workouts, what do they pick their six favorite players of the day? What are they drawing numbers from a hat to see who comes to the rink? I mean, it makes no sense to me at all. It's stupid. Yeah, I think they're going to do a system where they'll have a couple of guys in for a few hours. Those guys leave. Another set of six guys come in. Uh, Whatever it's going to be, it's just the start. It's the initial thing. It's not going to last for long. Maybe maybe the uh, six-guy thing only lasts a week or two, Scotty, and then they ramp it up to half the team. And then by the time July 1st comes, you have the entire team out there for training camp. So they're doing it slow. I understand it. We all want it back so fast. But at least they have a plan. I mean, I'll give them that. At least they've got some resemblance of, you know, of steps of when they're going to actually get back on the ice and play real games. So I can't fault them for that. Uh, At least they're getting it done somehow. All right, let's throw up the graphic of the odds now for the favorites for the Stanley Cup. The Knights, Bruins, Lightning, and they're the three favorites at six to one. Then Avs eight to one, Blues, Caps ten to one, Blues Stanley Cup champs trying to repeat. And then Flyers twelve to one, Stars fourteen to one. Uh that's laughable to me. The Dallas Stars are going to win the uh, Stanley Cup. I mean, that's not happening. I can guarantee you that. Here, run to the window and bet on that and see how that ticket does for you. Uh, and look, uh, I got to honestly, Carver, I, you and I went to the game in Vegas. I thought I was looking at a Stanley Cup final preview when I saw Vegas and Tampa on the same ice. I think, you know, Boston could beat Tampa. But I'm telling you, I got a hard time. I really do have a hard time believing. Uh, you know, the only other team I think that has a shot. Am I wrong? Uh, maybe the Capitals and Penguins to beat that, uh, to beat the, the Boston Bruins or the Tampa Bay Lightning. Honestly. Well, here's the thing that we're going to have to really take into account when we start talking about betting futures here with the NHL. And those eight teams that you had listed up there, those are the eight teams that are going to not have to play the play-in round. These are the teams that are going to be waiting while all the other 16 teams are playing the play-in round. And I, I think that these teams, Scott, honestly, they're going to be at a disadvantage coming right out of the gate. All those teams are going to play a five-game five series. 
Everybody has been sitting around for months, and now teams like the Islanders and the Penguins and and the Oilers and all these teams are going to play a five-game series, and the Bruins and the Lightning in Vegas, that's going to be their first action in months. And you expect them to just ramp it up, and all of a sudden the other teams played three, four, or five games already. So it's going to be very dangerous to start betting on Vegas and Boston to win the Stanley Cup because they might have a little slow start there in that first round playing a play-in winner. Listen, uh, Mafia, I agree with what he's saying because every time I see a team that plays a long series and a team that's lying in the weeds waiting that has already won their series, like advanced, and they're waiting, let's say, for the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you're still in the semis playing a game seven, and you got to play the full seven. The other team's been sitting there for five days off. What happens nine out of ten times? The team that kept playing was the one that won the first game of the series and might very well win the series. Uh, do you agree with what he's saying about the teams that are playing the five gamers are going to have an advantage? And what do you think of those odds lists? Yeah, I agree with Carver. I completely because you know we've talked about it before. Where well, what do you judge these teams when they're coming back? Well, all the momentum they had, all you know how good they were before, kind of goes out the window. It's like betting on you know last season at the beginning of the East season because. You know, we don't know what they're going to be coming out of this break. What these guys, their fitness is going to be. You know, their, you know, the the connection they had during the season that they built, playing you know game after game on the same line. They might be off a little bit as far as the passing and things like that. And you know, we're not even accounting yet of the injuries that these teams had. That now they're going to get back guys healthy. Like the Avs were just decimated by injuries when we got into the break. There, they're going to have some of those guys back now. They're going to be stronger. So you have to worry about everybody. You know, it's you're starting at zero essentially. Except for the teams like Carver, I said that are going to have that playing game that get past those rounds, they're going to have you know a little extra momentum that those other top teams don't have. If you're looking at the odds, you know you want to jump at the ones obviously were good before, like Vegas, like Tampa, you know maybe Boston. But you know, like I was just saying, we don't know what they're going to be because it's essentially like we're starting over again at square one. So you know it's easy to jump on those, but you might be able to take some long shots that start and that play a little bit and that get a little momentum going. Uh, you know, cover high. I, I, you know, look. I, I think good teams are good teams. Talent is talent. It, the cream rises to the top. I don't believe for one minute that the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins and the Vegas Knights or the Colorado Avalanche aren't going to find their groove in the two-week training camp with their timing and their saucer passes and their line mates that they played seventy games with. These guys are the best in the world, and they can play at any level, any day. I don't disagree with Mafia that. Uh, they haven't played, and they've been off forever. Fair enough. That's why they're letting them get back now. Then they're going to have a training camp. Then they're going to start playing. I think timing will come back. Uh, you know, there might be issues with goalies and the rest and, and everything else. Who knows? But, I, you know, we are mentioning the same teams. Who's an outside team? Is it Colorado? Uh, is there a team that, uh, like St. Louis, I could very well see them repeating as Stanley Cup. They are total solid hockey team all around every facet. From coaching on down, on the ice, they're four lines deep and they got good goaltending. There's no reason they can't repeat. We've seen teams repeat 50 times. No, I'm with you. I could see the Blues absolutely getting through this and going back to the Stanley Cup final. And for me, it's not so much, you know, getting, you know, not having that connection with the teammates and and getting your groove back. For me, Scotty, it is intensity. That is the thing that is going to be a problem. And it's only going to be in that first round. You know, these teams like Vegas and Boston, they get through that first round. Uh, You're right. The best teams are going to rise to the top. But I'm saying it's going to be tricky for them in that opening round when they're playing a playing team that's now spent a week playing some intensified hockey. It's going to be the first time kind of getting back in that little bit of a groove for me. That's going to be what's going to be interesting to watch. I'll give you that 100%. I'm with you uh, on that issue. All right, Mafia, can I put up the graphic for the UFC 250 card? Uh, This one's going to take place June 6th. Mafia, you're looking at it. Tell me about this card. Do you like it? Uh, so there you go. I, I know uh, the, t- the main event and then every single other fighter on that list. I've never heard of any of them. So congratulations. What a card. Here, let me watch that great card where I've not heard of one fighter. 
I mean, where do I sign up for that? Honest to God, like name one. I mean, honest to God. I mean, who is it? Kirk Minifield? <laughs> Those aren't even some of the top fights. So you, they're still missing some of the top fights that are going to be, you know, the co-main event and the other ones on the pay-per-view. Some of those ones that you're seeing at the top right after Nunez are probably going to be much further down the card than we're seeing right now. All right, let me put up. I have a graphic, if we can go skip ahead. Uh, Christine Brennan of the USA Today put a graphic out about Lance Armstrong, uh, a story. And it was great. I don't know if you guys saw this, but after oh, uh, sure soldiering through two and a half months of a uh, pandemic, uh, uh, what do we uh, do to deserve this? And TV Network giving Armstrong uh, airtime to share his childhood pictures and his innermost feelings as he uh, retells his enduringly reprehensible story. Earlier in the day, Turner Sports uh, Celebrity Golf Match featuring Tiger Woods Phil, Brady, and Manning raised $20 million for COVID. Then ESPN put this liar, this con man, this American embarrassment on the air and ruined the rest of the sports evening. That is just fantastic work. Christine Brennan of the USA Today. Now, she's been on my show before, if you remember, Mafia. That is great that she just came right out and said it. I love it. She thinks as highly of Lance Armstrong as uh, Carver I does. <laughs> She does. And you know what? She's not wrong there. You know, when they talked about moving these up, I didn't realize the dates at first that Lance was going to be so early. I know they talked about this one, the McGuire Sosa. I didn't realize it was going to be the next week after the last dance, but it was. And, you know, they were trying to capture everyone being all in on the doc thing. But I think they should have taken a breath here because you went from such a good story, like she said, with the last dance and this raising, you know, money for charity, the golf. And it's like, oh, now we're bringing Lance Armstrong and piss everybody off. All right, uh, Vince McMahon says he's not going to try to buy back the uh, XFL. He says he hopes somebody else does. Formula E driver, uh, aft, I don't know his name, suspended by Audi for cheating in an esports event. He actually had a professional gamer show up as him to race in the car race. Uh, that is awesome. I, I love a guy, honestly, that is so desperate for attention that he cheats in an eSports Grand Prix race and hires some gamer to pretend like he's him. I mean, that's as good as having someone take the SAT for you when you're out in the parking lot blowing bong hits. All right, I want the graphic real quick of the movies. Do we have the 15 popular movies that have uh, aged poorly? Carver High with the uh, critic, uh, the top 500 Carver High movies of all time. I've thrown these 15 up. Carver High, does any of these movies hit your top 500? Maybe The Waterboy, uh, Breakfast Club, Animal House. What do we got? There are some absolute classics on here. You can go from The Breakfast Club, The Hangover, Groundhog Day, uh, all great films. Uh, 16 Candles is a good one as well. And I do agree with this list. Some of these have definitely aged pretty poorly when you talk about the world that we live in today and some of the things that are done and said in these films. I can agree with it. But there are some Carver Top 500 hits on that list, Scotty, no doubt about it. Uh, Saturday Night Fever, clearly uh, a top 500 hit. I, I wanted to say uh, today is a very special birthday, and I'm going to do this on camera. No one's ever seen me do it before on camera. I'm going to do this in his honor. It's Cliff Drysdale's 79th birthday. Cliff Drysdale, along with Patrick McEnroe and Mary Carrillo from the Australian Open in Melbourne. It's scintillating tennis tonight, and we have John McEnroe joining us, and Patrick McEnroe, and we have Pete Sampras tuning in, and, and it's unbelievable. Jamie Collins and Bud Collins' his nephew and Cliff Drysdale. <laughs> Cliff, if I have missed you, Cliff. Cliff, I missed you, man. I missed you. John McEnroe with a cross-court racer down the line, a beautiful shot of scintillating tennis. I love Cliff Drysdale. He's my favorite of all time, of all reporters ever, uh, covering tennis. The guy's just a, a legend, badass. Uh, how about the Titans games? Joe Thomas, the former Cleveland Brown, he wins the Mount Olympus showdown. I wondered why he quit football. Now he's uh, Mr. Olympus, uh, Mount Olympus, and he's doing Titan games. What a badass. Mike Singletary did really well in high school football. He just resigned from his high school job after two seasons. He went 1-21. Nice job there, Mike. How about the Iditarod winner? Stranded in Alaska for months away from his family. Uh, do they still do that? Uh, when was that race? Is it not June? And what's a guy stranded somewhere? When did they race with those dogs? Where is the snow? Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but a guy wrestled a zoo at a uh, – he wrestled a bear in a zoo. The guy jumped in the river and fought a bear. I mean, fantastic footage. Plus the elementary school teacher. She was popped. 
uh, for a DUI, doing a buck ten, fleeing from police, uh, crashed the car, and then got fired from her job as the elementary school teacher. Go figure. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. working on stories for tomorrow on the show and boy do we have some doozies you can hear carver high laughing in the background i mean to tell you the stuff we find i mean what a world we live in it is just fantastic isn't it all right here we go it's time for this day in sports people get very excited 1925 ty cobb becomes the first major leaguer to collect a thousand career extra base hits he'll finish with 1139 in 1959 my boy Harvey Haddix of the Pirates tosses 12 perfect innings before losing the perfect game in the 13th inning when Felix Mantilla reaches first base on an error of all things. In 1969, Hank Aaron of the Braves hits his 500th career double, becoming only the third major leaguer to reach 500 doubles and 500 home runs. In 1972, Joe Frazier TKO's Ron Stander in five for the heavyweight boxing title. I think we mentioned Ron Stander yesterday as well. He's on a roll. A bagel, a wheat then, a croissant, a wafer. Uh, in 1980, Philly, Steve Carlton is the first NLR to ever record six one-hitters. In 1988, the Edmonton Oilers beat the Bruins for a four-game series sweep to win the Stanley Cup. In 1993, Carlos Martinez and the Indians hits a fly ball that caroms off the head of Jose Canseco and bounces into the stands for a home run. In 1999, Toronto's Vince Sanity, Vince Carter, gets 95% of the votes. His name, the... 98-99 rookie of the year, he averaged 18, 5, and 3 dimes, 1.5 block shots, and 1.1 steals while shooting 45% of the field in that season. In 2017, Hall of Famer Jim Bunning, who won over 100 games in both leagues, pitched a perfect game and later served in Congress as both a rep and a senator from Kentucky, passed away at the age of 85. And in 2019, Bart Starr dies of the effects of a stroke at the age of 85. I was at the uh, Kentucky Derby one day, and I uh, sat in a suite and partied the entire day with Bart Starr. How cool was that? I was like, what's up? Bart Starr I'm sitting here partying with. And believe me, you, I had a few mint juleps in me. All right, great job, Carver High Mafia and Joe Ranieri. Gabe Morenci, Cam Stewart on Game Time Decisions coming up. Knock them dead, kids. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.